Hey folks, it's Jalen. Um, following up my conversation that I had in the previous episode with um, Tyon, I now have in this episode um, a group of my black fraternity brothers and we just get together and talk about being black in a white fraternity and we then somehow, I don't remember, get into a conversation about colorism. We talk a little bit about um, colorism in the media or in uh, TV shows that we've seen um, and just uh, culturally how colorism impacts black communities. Um, I'm not sure the context in which we get on that topic and I don't know if it relates to fraternities but it's a interesting conversation nonetheless so i hope you guys enjoy this episode hey guys thank you for tuning into this week's episode with me i have a few special guests uh some of them, well one of them has been on the episode before but i'm gonna give the other ones a chance to introduce themselves um so i'll just start with you and then just Hello, it's Khalil. Hi, it's John Chris. Uh, hi, my name is Jordan. What up, y'all? This is Taz. All right, and so I don't know how I don't know how I'm gonna do this uh, microphone because I, I guess when y'all want to speak, y'all gonna have to like Just speak loud, yeah, or turn it or something like that. But so. I want to I, uh, okay, and then these are uh, some are some more of my black fraternity brothers. I've spoken to, uh, like I said, about two of them, and so I guess the first question I want to start off with is for the people that I haven't talked to yet on the podcast. What is it like being in a traditionally white fraternity and being you know black? So we just start over here, and y'all can just talk. Well, with my experiences, seeing that I've been here for a thickly minute, um, is is interesting. Like I've always been around white people, and I don't, I don't ever have problems with white people at all. Like it's pretty cool. It's um, I mean, I grew up around white people, so it just only seemed natural to join a white fraternity. Like so, it made sense. But it, at the same time, coming around like white people all the time, it starts to get to the point that it's like. You start to see, like, y'all not like me. Y'all don't do some of the stuff that I do at home. Y'all don't have the same culture I got. Y'all don't, y'all don't understand half the problems I got. So it's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing, for real. Uh, being being black in a white fraternity is, um, it's, it's kind of strange because, like, I, I always feel accepted by, like, my immediate brothers. But then there's like times where I know if I was in uh, other parts of my fraternity, then, you know, it'd be a lot different and I might not be as accepted, even though we're part of the same organization. What do you mean by that? Like, explain. Okay, explain that one. Because uh, some people just like, get it. what I hear about, you know, other places. Other chapters? Yeah, other chapters. Okay, okay that makes sense. Not, makes just, sense. not just the chapters, but like, the places that are around the chapters, you know, it's just some somewhere that I think if I would go, it would be, I don't want to say, I don't want to necessarily say not safe for me to be there, but it definitely would be, I'd have to keep on my toes. Yeah, I totally get that because like for me, um, 
when I joined Fiji, I I didn't necessarily join like Greek life because I wasn't really fond of like Greek life yeah. mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I joined later on instead of like joining freshman year, I joined sophomore year. And so I kind of had like an engagement process with like the Greek organizations that I did know at the time. In freshman year, I decided it wasn't for me, but I got to know like the people in Fiji, but I got to know them as like friends and on that brotherly level before considering Greek life. So when I made the decision to be a part of Fiji, it was more about like, these are the people that I connect with. And if it wasn't for like these people, then I probably wouldn't be Greek at all. Um, how do you guys think you uh, would have been if you guys joined a MPHC organization? That was a heavy thought for me, cause I like I did have that engagement process, and then when I fully like decided to go like rush for something, I mean I had to figure out whether it was MPHC or not MPHC. Mm-hmm. And for me, the the defining difference for me was that it was kind of a choice in being black or being gay and seeing which one of those balances that I would be okay with, like, being... Comfortable? Yeah. Well, being challenged. Cha- like, oh. I was okay with, like, my blackness being challenged because, like, I've been around white people So what you're saying before. is you felt, like, you felt like joining the white fraternity. You would have to like they would have to accept you for being black, yes. but joining the black fraternity they have to accept you for being gay. Exactly, and, and like one of those battles, I was way is, more comfortable fighting than the other one. Yeah, because like it, we go to a, a PWI, yeah. so like there's not too many black people. I mean, we know all the black people here yeah. by like facial recognition. Yeah, so it was. I like, mean, we, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was gonna feel some type of way if like. There's not that many black people, but then you don't mess with me because, like, I'm gay. And not to Uh say that's, like, the whole mood of MPHC, but the homophobia in the black community is real. So, it was, exactly, it was that choice of, like, the people that look like me don't want to fuck with me, but, like, Mm -hmm. I didn't dealt with racism from white people before, so Mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily bother me as much, and that's what... I would expect, and that's what I'm conditioned it's a, to expect. Yeah. It's a battle you have to choose, but it's like, why do you have to? Why do you have to choose to battle those people? You know, when they are supposed to be, you know, support. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You know. Why, why, why do you have to battle who you are? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think to be a part of something. Yeah, that's that's definitely a reason. Well, the reason why I chose. Um, to I didn't even consider an MPHC organization because I saw them and I just saw okay well I, this isn't a place that I can you know yeah, be comfortable fit in yeah, yeah yeah and so I mean it, similar to you Tess like um, you know I've always been around white people so yeah. it's like not an issue I will say like fir- like first uh, joining I felt like I had to um, I guess change myself a bit mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't have I felt like I had to um, make sure I wasn't acting too black you know like I wasn't a ghetto yeah. for something well see that's I've actually had the exact opposite experience yeah I came in and I was just like you know what like I feel like I was doing stuff like you get cause you know I like to say the n-word a lot yeah. and I'm what's like what's the n-word I don't know what you're talking about 
I like to say nigga a lot. <laughs> like, my nigga, nigga this, nigga. Yeah. yeah. Either way, I say that a lot. And it's like, it's just my most common go-to. It's like almost a catchphrase. Yeah. And then it gets to the point where, like, I see folks, like, just laughing and having a good time. And then I be like, nigga. And they'll, just, they'll like, look at me and then they'll laugh because I said nigga. And then it got to the point where I was like, why are they laughing? Are they because, laughing at you? Because, like, they, is, are they laughing? Yeah, like, at me or because maybe. I'm, like, doing this stuff yeah. or, like, are they laughing with me because I'm funny? Like, I don't, like, is my blackness funny to them or something? Like, it's me. Yeah. 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 I don't feel the the same way because, like, by the time that I did join Fiji, there was, like, this big collective of, like, black people. Mm -hmm. And so we have the most black people out of the other fraternities that happen to be white. So I felt more comfortable in Fiji with, like, two black presidents and all the black brothers. Yeah. I, th- I think it's really, like, it, I think we're in an interesting organization where it is a predominantly white organization, but we do have, like, so many... So much presence. Yeah. yeah. And that's, it's kind of like an NPAC within <laughs> within an IFC. Because it wasn't like they were, like, it wasn't like we had token black yeah. members. No, like, it was just you like, black and you just kind of yeah. here. But it was like, the black people that were in Fiji held, like, actual positions. Yeah. 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 And I, I think that's very rare um, for a lot of chapters, actually. And that's why I think when we when we go out, at least from my experience, when we go out and meet other chapters, it's like kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. Because they're not, they're like, oh, you're the president? Oh, you, yeah. you, you guys have, oh, this is what your chapter looks like, you know? How progressive. <laughs> they, they, they love to say that. They, yeah. said, they said that to you? But <laughs> it's it's weird to me because now that you mentioned that when we went to academy mm-hmm. together, mm-hmm. you can look at all the other chapters and you can see that they do have black members. But then you look at them and you're like, oh well, he's the token black guy oh, in, like, in, yeah. this, in yeah. this chapter. Yeah. But then when yeah. you look at our chapter, it's like okay, well, you you're not the token black guy, but you, you like you said, you know, you're just you're there. Yeah. yeah, and even no. with going like back to black thing, like how y'all said, like with NPHC and stuff, I went to academy as well, like the year after y'all did, and I see black people that was like within Fiji, like seeing them, and then I just be looking, and like we look at each other almost in like, hmm, what kind of black are you? Mm. Do I want to talk to you or do I not want to talk to you? Like, and so it's just like going back, like then it's at that point in time. You just feel like you're not accepted by your own race because both of us look at each other and we both kind of like judging each other. And like, I'm doing it too. Like, yeah. I'm not going to sit and say I wasn't doing it because I was sure looking at him just being like, I wonder, do you, you look like you like West Bears all the time and you grew up that way. Like, you don't even, you don't believe in saying nigga. Like, that's what it looked like. So do, do you think that that is a way that the fraternity, like fraternity culture, why fraternity culture separates? Us from from other black people. No, no, not necessarily. Like, cause like it's like it is to each each person gonna do what they want to do. Yeah, and that's what I think it is. Like, it's getting into like back into this race barrier that really shouldn't exist. Mm-hmm. Because like growing up, like especially for me growing up, it was like, well, Ted is black, but he don't act black, and so. It's a lot of things, like, you get ingrained with that, and they probably had those same things going on to where it was just, like, they just confided in them, like, well, I just act like white people, and I just do what white people do, and I'm comfortable around white people. Yeah. And, yeah. Hmm. But how do you act white? What, what's... If you don't act 
ghetto. You, what is ghetto? What is ghetto? Like, what is exactly what is like, ghetto? Because ghetto, that ghetto, my thing has always told me ghetto has no skin color. Exactly. So, because anybody can be ghetto. Anybody. anybody can be, what they say, white trash. Anybody can be yeah. trash yeah. and ghetto. So, I mean, I, no, it's like, because I'm on the same, I'm on the same page as y'all. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't get why they do, because like I say, y'all, every day, anybody can be a nigga. And so when I call white people, <laughs> black people, anybody, anybody can be a nigga. You just acting like a nigga sometimes. And I'm just like, this is what's happening. Like, So it's more, it's more, it's, I like that because it's more so, you know, not exclusive to one mm-hmm. race. It's like anybody, it's like an idea. Anybody can be whatever. Because yeah. it's like, like the word, it's just, it's like. Yeah. Is ha- it's like it has the meaning behind it, like like ghetto has the meaning, like you acting like trashy, trashy or whatever, yeah. and then so acting like a nigga is acting like you don't got home training. That's what I like <laughs> to think of it as. So this is nigga with an A, not yeah. nigger. Nigger is like different. Yeah, <laughs> that is that is definitely no, nope. it's just okay because you know I just wanted to clarify. Um, so okay, so there are <clears throat> seven gay people. One straight and one bi. How, like, how does, how do you, what? Keep going. Huh? I said seven? Or did you I did, say? You did say seven. I don't know why I said seven. So there's, well, in this room currently, there are three gays, one straight and one bi. So how... Or you know what? Is he not straight? It's I don't far. know. Ask you. It's, it's I don't know. What's going on? We just made not cut that. Is he not? Are you not? What the hell? Okay. Oh my god. Okay. Anyway, this why we can't do this. Yeah. So, <laughs> so how do you guys think that you know? How do you guys think that sexuality and being in a fraternity? How do you guys think that your? What am I trying to ask? How do you guys think that uh, your sexuality plays a part within being in a brotherhood? Like, does it does it complicate it, or does it not really matter? Like, what what do you guys think? I don't think it should matter. Nope. The same way your race doesn't matter, because at the end of the day, we're all brothers. Mm-hmm. So you are who you are. And you're my brother. So whatever stipulation that came with, whether you're different from me in any other way, whether you grew up rich or you grew up poor or you happen to be black or you happen to be gay or you happen to be whatever you happen to be, we're brothers at the end of the day. Mm. And I think that's how it should be. I don't think it should complicate anything. I should just think it should add to the table. Just like, oh, okay, well, that's like just most of us. Like we got... All types of people. So, yeah. like, you should... If you feel like you belong here, then you belong here. Like, it shouldn't be, like... If you feel like these people are your friends, if you join the organization because these people are your friends, then it shouldn't matter, like, if you gay, if you black, if you white, whatever you are. Because they should be your friends in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I can say that within this specific chapter of Fiji, um, like, stuff like race and sexuality hasn't seemed to matter like a whole whole lot but I can see that like for example in Alabama it is the south there's always like racism and homophobia that's been ingrained within us 
And, like, sometimes we say stuff that could be taken as, like, offensive. And, mm-hmm. like, of course, a lot of times we don't mean it that way. But it's just that it's the way that culture works down here. Mm-hmm. To where, like, even if you don't mean to be, like, homophobic or something, you can say something that could hurt somebody's feelings. And even though, like, you know, you accept them and you think of them as your brother, you know, you're doing stuff sub- subconsciously and not realizing, like, how it's affecting people. And I think that that's a that's a part of having brothers that aren't like you. You get mm-hmm. to learn more about yourself and the things that you do that are problematic. And so you can learn from that and have that level of comfort to where you can say, this made me feel some type of way take it, internalize it, and correct your behavior. And I think that helps you grow as a person. Yeah, I agree. Hey folks, it's Jalen. Make sure to head on over to iTunes to rate and review the podcast. I'd really appreciate your thoughts on the content. Also, if you have any ideas for future episodes, you can send those ideas to me through Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. All right, let's get back to the show. Okay, so I want to switch gears a bit, and I want to talk about something that I've been wanting to talk about on the podcast before, and um, I want to talk about colorism. And so I just want to ask everyone or whoever has the best answer or whoever feels like they have the best definition for it, what is colorism? Uh, I think colorism is... It's basically a type of racism that's, like, ingrained in, you know, black and brown people. Um, Because, like, you know, racism is systematic oppression of a a specific group. And then you have it within the black community where, you know, certain people don't uh, date other people of a certain complexion. And, like, certain people don't give uh, people of a certain complexion the same opportunities, uh, opportunities they would a different person. And, like, it's basically the exact same thing that, you know, white people have been doing to us for, since they brought us to America. I want to set something clear. Colorism is not just within the black community. It's in any community that has a, uh, it's in any community that have people of color. Um, Asians can ex- um, experience color uh, colorism. Indians can experience colorism. Um, we all know black people experience colorism. Anybody who has people, a uh, person of color, can experience colorism. So I just want to set that clear. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say. Sorry. So, ha- have you guys experienced any like, like? colorism at all throughout life because I, I can't really think of um, I don't know if I can think of any well in my family I'm from my intermediate family we have like a lot of different shades and even in my whole family we have a like a variety of shades of, of brown people you know my older sister is uh, really light skin um, my second older sister is dark skin um, my second sister after that brown I was really light-skinned, then tanning, brown. So there was a lot of different experiences coming from 
the different shades of brown because for my sister being a dark-skinned woman she had a whole different set of issues when it came to color and it was kind of like taught from our parents not necessarily in a malicious way but it was it was taught from their parents and so they continued it without thinking saying certain things that were hurtful Mm -hmm. and affected us when we became adults and not just Lighter skinned people are affected by colorism, but not in the same way. Yeah. And not in the same portion. Mm-hmm. Like, dark skinned people are primarily the victim of colorism. But, like, light skinned people have this privilege that they don't recognize. And it's not necessarily that they chose to be privileged, it was just that they happened to be born light skinned. And so that got them a lot of places, but also. For for instance, my dad was light skinned, and we were sitting at the dinner table one day, just eating dinner, and I don't know what the conversation was, but we got on the topic of slavery. And I think I was about in the fifth grade, maybe, and my dad looked down at me, and I was at the opposite end of the table, and he was like, "For you to be that light skinned, your mama would have had to been raped by the master," and that was something that stuck in my head for a really long time, and so. There's a lot How to come with. I was maybe in fifth grade. Yeah. That's a lot. Well, see, it, it all started, and from what I know, and in my opinion, it all started with white people. And if they would have never separated our community from like, the lighter you are, you're, you know, you're inside. Mm-hmm. And the darker you are, you, you'll feel nigga. <laughs> I now I, that's that's what you are and if that would have never started I feel as though our community as a black community would have been a whole lot closer but then at the same time you got to think about media also plays a big part in it too as well mm-hmm. I've had to experience through the dating scene and you know you ask someone well are you attracted to me or whatever well I don't think anyone asks if you're attracted to anybody but You'll, they'll say, um, no, I'm not attracted to you. And you're like, okay, I guess it's because I'm black. Well, you'll turn you know, turn your head the next day. He, the person that I was talking to, was talking to another black person, but the black person just happened to, to so be light-skinned. And I asked him, well, if you don't date black people, why are you talking to someone who is light-skinned? And then he just responded to me, well, I don't like talking to darker-skinned people. And so that really... That really hurt my feelings because like you like John Chris said earlier, it's not like I got to choose to be dark skinned. Because believe it or not, I mean, I would like to think I am the darkest person in our organization. I think I'm the darkest one. But for right now. But when I was born, I was red. Hmm. I was light skinned and I was red. And <laughs> but here we are, you know, almost twenty three years later. I'm chocolate. Uh, I'm glad you brought up like slavery and media and stuff because like um, even during times of slavery, you know, uh, slaves would have, you know, these light-skinned babies and the the slaves would realize that, you know, if you're light enough, you can be white passing and you can get out of that life. And therefore, like when the light-skinned children would, you know, get out of slavery because they were white passing. 
um, it would become a thing where like they think because they're light skinned that you know that's what got, gave them the opportunity to get out of slavery and which in that case they're right but it doesn't erase the fact that you know you're still black mm-hmm. and so to try to get away from that to get away from like you know the slavery life that their parents had because of their light skin you know they'd say that being darker is is bad because you know there's so much negativity attached to it with you know being a slave and stuff like that mm-hmm. and then when it comes to the media um uh, I was having a conversation with one of my friends the other day, and she says that you know she always gets the 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 comment "You're pretty for a dark skin," and um, she she was explaining to me like how badly it hurts to hear that because like why can't you just be pretty exactly. like why do you have to be pretty for a dark skin or why why do you have to be pretty for a light skin and stuff like that. Mm. Because if you look at it, it is kind of like deeply ingrained in like a lot of music that you'll see. I don't know. I hadn't like thought. I hadn't listened to a lot of stuff too recently, but like I remember when I used to like listen back in the day stuff with like Lil Wayne and stuff. He was always talking about red bones. He was like, I like yellow bitches and all this stuff. And I was just like, I mean, if that's what you like, then I guess that's what you that's what you like. But then like as I started to grow up and think about it, I was like, okay, he always talking about light-skinned women but like where where are the rest of the women at like that's that's a very small selection so do you just what is what's the problem with the other women a lot of black like dark-skinned rappers seem to like be very like hateful towards dark-skinned dark-skinned yeah what i don't get that i never like what do you what do you think that causes that i think a lot of it has to do with um I guess I think someone stated it before. The lighter you are, the more successful you are. Okay. And the lighter you are, I, I guess the better looking you are. I guess, but I don't, I don't agree with that because I've seen a lot of, I know a lot of dark skinned men and women who are way more attractive than our light skinned um, brothers and sisters. I've seen that, and I know people like that, and. Like you said, I just, I don't, I, I don't understand it either. I, either I don't get it, and it is hurtful. Don't get me wrong. I no, I do love me a light skinned man. I do love me some light skinned boys. I do, but at the same time, you do. I, <laughs> you do. I do. About it, I, do. It, you do. I do. I really do. But at the exact same time, I love me a dark skinned man. Have I ever talked to a dark skinned man before? No. Because it's because why? you why? let's why, talk about why why because we we as a dark skin coming from another dark skin man we have that mindset of well you're probably not attracted to me because I'm dark skin oh, exactly and you don't know that mm-hmm. because you think you're over there thinking too as well well you know he's probably not attracted to me because he's dark skin or I'm not attracted to him because he's I'm dark skin or whatever. I don't know how I just worded that. Yeah. That didn't sound right. But y'all know what I'm trying to yeah. get at. But it's it's just weird. It's yeah. just weird. At the end of the day, colorism like didn't exist until or didn't exist in the same race. 
until slavery, until it was a divisive unit to separate certain black people from each other. So you wouldn't have that unity. You wouldn't have that power. You wouldn't have that ability to come together as one unit. And it's all Willie Lynch theory of separating them from, from men and women, from light skin to dark skin, from old to young. And so they would attack each other for these differences without coming together to realize who that at the end of the day, you're all the same person. Mm-hmm. Like whether you're light skin, you're dark skin, you can have two dark skinned people come together and have a, a light skinned baby. They did it in Africa way before white men started to colonize mm-hmm. Africa way before slavery. So it's just a divisive tool to to separate us. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, no matter how light-skinned I am, whether I look like Mariah Carey or Holly Berry or I look like Viola Davis, I'm still black. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't take away from my blackness just because of the way that I look or the way that I talk. It's just a divisive unit to separate us when we're all on the same plane. Do you feel as though that some light-skinned people try to, I guess, disassociate themselves oh, from yes, blackness? And why, why do you think they do that? Because there's privilege to it. And they don't want to acknowledge that, that privilege. Like, not to drag her into this, but Beyonce was the lightest one out of all of the Destiny's Child members. That is true. And she was the one that sung all the songs. That is very true. Point blank period. She was always in the middle. And it wasn't because necessarily she was the most talented one out of all of them. They all had talent because Kelly and Beyonce had the same type of training. It was just the fact that one was able to cross over more successfully than the other. Mm -hmm. And they continued to do that all throughout media. And it's, it's a real thing, whether it be... Martin with what? What's her name? Uh, Gina. Gina. Gina was light skinned. Gina was light skinned. Had the man. And then Pam was the one was without a man. Yeah. Her man was poor, and she was the loud ratchet one. Yeah. Or whether it be Proud Family, where Penny's the light skinned one with two parents. You know, her mama's light skinned, a lawyer. Dejanay no. got a ponytail dead in the middle of her head with bleach blonde hair and ratchet and sh- and her shirt she don't fit. And then the dark and the, the dark ones, ones the, were, the, uh, were the, the three girls sisters, the and they the all had overalls and they were ashy and they were blue black. Mm-hmm. So and they were stealing folks' lunch money. It's it's <laughs> obvious that they look at you. It's looked at a different way if you are a light skin because they they think of you closer to mm-hmm. being. White. Well, see, I think that it's gotten to the point to where it, uh, and like I'll go back and say, like you said earlier, that colorism didn't begin until slavery, and I kind of disagree with that. Um, colorism, colorism exists basically in so many cultures that I feel like it had to have started, not necessarily like before that, but it started in different areas. But like when we home in on black people as a point, I feel like that really made it worse because what did what happened is white people gave it to us. But at the same time, we took it and we ran with it. Right. Okay. We started, we gave the power. We was like, well, you know what? Light skins can do this, but I can't do this. Dark skins do this, but I can't do that. And we still, we do it today. We do it to this day to where it's like, we continue to let it separate us. When we all know that we black and we all see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so what, I feel like what the problem is, is we know it. 
we just we don't know what to do about it at this point in time. Because like he said, even in the Proud family, I wasn't even thinking about that until just now. And I'm like, yep, the Proud family then gave it to me. But like it's I mean, it's so many things, it's like it's get to the point to where it's ingrained and it's just like, well, the question it becomes not okay, it's like we see it, it becomes what do we do now? You have to like consciously target that part of your brain yeah. and like fix it when it happens. Do you think that um, do you think that there is a way to you know bring together the light skin dark skin divide and if so how 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 do we go about doing that? I don't think it's no easy way. I think it's another yeah, form of oppression easy. that we subject On ourselves to. That we yeah I think it's the form of oppression that we subject ourselves. I to. also think it's like more having more black people in certain situations to where they can create things for like black people. Dark-skinned black people or just black people in general? For dark-skinned black people and in any shade of dark-skinned people. Like, Shonda Rhimes creating things mm-hmm. for black people mm-hmm. and having them be portrayed by all types of different-looking black people. Mm-hmm. Or Rihanna with her makeup line and having it advertised from all these women of different shades, having more black people in those power positions to make those kind of decisions who've already consciously targeted that part of their brain and recognize what's wrong with it. Mm-hmm. I think that's um, like a large scale place to start. Uh, in my opinion, it starts with, you know, black people supporting other black people mm-hmm. and not like, that's another one I problem. not being like, you know, crabs in a barrel where we're just all pulling each other down Mm. we instead of like you know pointing out our differences and like like making other people feel like shit because of it why not you know recognize our differences and then like praise them because like we could all be you know carbon copies of the same person and like that could be you know for better or for worse you know being the same person we'd be We'd find other ways to, you know, point out flaws within each other, even though we were the same, just like we're doing now. And if we, like, celebrate our diversity, like we should be doing as a people, like, instead of, you know, saying, well, this person light-skinned, they, they're doing this and stuff, and, like, I'm dark-skinned, I'm still at the bottom of the food chain, why not be like, well, you know, this person is black, just like me, and they're doing great things for themselves, mm-hmm. I'm proud of you. And, you know, if you start doing that and people start reciprocating, you know, it causes, like, a wave and it spreads. Yeah, I agree. Anybody else got anything to say? No? I don't got much to say on that. Like, I no, I think that was a good closing closing statement. You don't got... You look like you got something to say, Khalil. I mean, I have a lot. I, I have a lot <laughs> to. I have a lot to say, but I don't. I don't know how to word it right now, and I, I think it just starts with the individual. I think it starts with the individual first, and it, it starts. I feel as though if we want to put racism to a side. I think we as a black community have to start with each other first. Yeah, we have to come together. We have to come, we have to unite, we have to come together because there is no, y'all remember that whole hashtag team light skin, hashtag team dark skin thing? Yes. That, I remember when I first saw that, I the first thing I went to was Facebook 
And I said, there's, I don't believe in a team, hashtag team light skin, hashtag team dark skin. Why can't not, why can't there just not be a hashtag team black? Because that's what we are. No matter how light you are, at the end of the day, when you, when you stand up against a white person, they go look at you and they go say, well, you still black. <laughs> you black. Oh, yeah, you light skin, but you black. You black. <laughs> and it's. I, hate I, I read somewhere one time that the the chain is the white male, the white woman, the black man, and the black woman. But then if you want to break it down some more, you have the white man, the white woman, the light-skinned black man, the light-skinned black woman, the dark-skinned black man, and then the dark-skinned black woman. If you really want to dive deeper into it that's how it is and I think for us to take that away we have to like I said like it's been it's been repeated we have to unite and we have to come together um like John Chris said the whole you know Rihanna doing her makeup line um who was the other girl's name Chandra yeah yeah her what she did see it starts it all starts with media mm-hmm. it will all have to start with the media mm-hmm. and we have to we have to tell the media that this is no longer advertising to us we don't care how light you are we don't care if you pass the brown paper bag test we don't care about any of that mm-hmm. we we want to see more you know more diverse people on, up, up on top we want to see it um kelly Rowland has started doing stuff like that normani has gotten in the game and started doing things like that um the girl uh from love and hip-hop with the uh sh- the dark skin girl from love and hip-hop oh amara, amara. yes her um see i don't even i don't even know her name like that and that's because she is not you know in the media as much as her light-skinned counterparts yeah so, like I said, it, it all just starts with us. It, it all starts with us, and it also starts with the media, too, as well. Yeah. Okay. That was good. Okay. Final question for everyone, and we can just go from this way. Um, what, <laughs> what is something that you're struggling to understand today, right now, today? No, Chloe, you go first. Oh, man. Um... I struggle with the whole, why do I have to defend myself from my community as being gay, mm-hmm. but also defend myself from the white community and other communities for being black? Mm-hmm. That's what I struggle with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, you want to, okay. Are you, did you want to keep going? Oh, no, go ahead. Oh. Um, something that I've like struggled with for forever is the, the concept of hurt people hurting other people if you've been damaged and attacked in such a way that made you feel some type of way and you internalize that why would you turn around and attack someone else and make them feel just as bad as you felt Mm -hmm. because all you do is spread the poison so if you didn't like the way that you felt why didn't you take this fix this, find a solution for it, and treat people the way that you want yourself to be treated. Mm-hmm. 
then take those tools and spread that that positivity, that prosperity to other people. So it limits the amount of damage that is done to other people so they don't have to feel the same way that you feel instead of carrying on the cycle. Yeah. Um, okay, so I was fortunate enough to have, you know, pretty good parents. Uh, but even still... Um, it seems like they didn't really recognize that I wasn't in the best health mentally until recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thing I'm struggling to understand is why is it that mental health issues don't exist in the black community? Mm. Like, recently I'm just now starting to hear about, like, you know, popular people doing stuff for uh, to promote mental health awareness in the black community. But it's like, you know, black folks been committing suicide for forever. Mm-hmm. And sure, it could have just been like, you know, you're not in a good spot and, you know, you're tired of living. But then there's also the, the part of uh, the other side of the coin that's like, you know, you're not healthy in your mind. And, you know, it's just like within the black community, there's like not people to talk to about it because it all gets shoved to the side and you know nobody's there to really help you out so you end up by yourself Mm -hmm. or on the other hand you turn to you know the white community who also play it off and just like make you look like a fool because you know you act crazy and they think it's funny Mm. that one's deep um well, I think the thing that I'm most struggling with is uh, basically just the concept of, uh, well, not even the concept, just the actual thing of trying to figure out why we can't just sit down and talk about things. Because it gets to the point to where it's like, I'll sit down and I will talk to anybody about anything. I can talk about any problem. I'm fine with that. But it gets to the point to where it's like, sometimes it seems like we're not even like talking about the problem. We're just attacking one side we're not like trying to bring things together when i want to talk about something i want to talk about it from every angle i want to like get every angle so i don't want to like make it seem like i'm trying to attack somebody because i was like because that's what i was trying to say earlier like i was like i wish i had light skin's point of view of mm-hmm. what it's like to be mm-hmm. light skin while we all sitting here talking about light skin they might feel attacked yeah like, i mean oh I mean, well we we do know light skin we yeah we know like Will Henry. Will Henry. Oh yeah. Like, yeah like <laughs> yeah, yeah. he just he just went here and I just I yeah. wish we had more representation. But it's like at the same time we had we had a constructive conversation. It wasn't like we were just tearing yeah, them down, tearing them yeah, down, yeah, yeah, taking yeah, yeah. piece by piece. And that's my problem is when people get to the point to where it's like they just keep tearing people down, tearing stuff down. It's like it gets to that point where it's like if you if you aren't part of the solution, you part of the problem because yeah. you're not trying to help at all. You just trying to get there's some chip off your shoulder and just keep attacking people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for coming on and to this interesting discussion. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm heading out tomorrow, so uh, <laughs> I don't know when I'll see y'all again. Good luck at Oregon. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Go Black Boy Go. You can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and Podbean. And all of those links are in 
the description. Once again, thank you for listening to Go Black Boy Go.